0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Good what a good-looking bunch of people you are! Looking fantastic as usual. Welcome to Infuse Church. Who's had a good Christmas? Yeah. Who's eaten too much? Yeah. Who's eaten way too much? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, if anyone wants to join me, I'm going for a 10K run tomorrow morning. So, uh, just to start to work off some of that Christmas cheer. Uh, I'm not kidding, actually, I'll be out uh, about 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, so if you do want to join me, let me know, and we can hook up and then launch Cool Bananas, excellent. Well, that's another year done and dusted, almost, apart from tomorrow, so uh, who's glad to see the back of 2018, anyone? There's a number of people, yep, cool, okay. I'm going to... Read a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to pray, and then I'll launch into the message this morning. I'm reading out of one Peter uh, chapter one verses three to nine. <clears throat> it says this: "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope, a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. of your souls. Father, I thank you for the preaching of your word this morning. I pray that as I speak, that you, Holy Spirit, would take this word, implant it into people's lives, and that they would be encouraged, strengthened, and that they would feel your love and your grace and your power at work in and through them as a result of this message. I pray for transformation and I pray, Lord, that we would take a hold of the truths of your word, apply them to our lives, and see us be able to give you glory and honor as a result. And I pray that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Over the years, I've seen uh, numbers of people come to the Lord for the very first time. Some have come to the altar out the front. Uh, some I've led to the Lord on the windowsill of their home. They were sitting out the front. I was driving past, saw a person who was uh, crying at the front of their home, stopped, felt like God said to, to go back and just. I just said, how are you doing? And uh, talked to this person. And uh, through the process of the next 20 to 30 minutes, led them to Christ. Uh, I had that privilege. I've even led to someone to Christ as they phoned our home and they were standing in the front bar of a hotel. So I've, I've seen it, I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt and uh, stuff like that. Some have cried, some have showed no emotion whatsoever. But regardless, hearts have been touched Wills were broken and Jesus Christ was glorified as they yielded their lives to him. And I think that probably all of us would agree that we know that from personal experience and also from the word of God that our faith will at times be challenged. Satan will come against us in an effort to destroy our faith and God will actually test our faith in an effort to enlarge it and to refine our faith as well. The question sometimes that we need to ask ourselves though is how can we keep our faith? And that is a struggle. That is a challenge for us. Many people throughout this uh, this year have had their faith challenged. So how do we remain true to our commitment to God? How do we keep from falling away from God like sadly some do? Mark chapter 4 verses 16 to 17 says, Others, like seed grown, uh, sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. So when trouble or persecutions comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. We often start well, but we fade as we go through. Like spiritual sprinters, we're off the mark really quick. It's like me on the park run on a Saturday morning. Uh, there's over 200 people out on Sunday, uh, yesterday morning for the park run. And in that first initial go, when the person says go, you're swept along in the crowd and, and there's this adrenaline flowing through you and this energy. And then 500 metres later down the track, i <gasps> <gasps> With the rest of everyone going the same way. It's just that you start well, but you know it's, it takes perseverance and strength and stamina to keep going and you just got to do what you got to do sometimes. Sadly, our, c- our culture also embraces this philosophy of giving up too easily. Dieting is a discipline, so we quit and we you know, just complain about our fitness. School is a hassle, so we bail out. Sticking with an occupation is tough, so we start looking elsewhere. Working through conflict in a marriage is tiring, so we walk away. The same is quite often true in the spiritual realm as well. It's a, it begs the question, really, how can we keep our faith? Now, I want to say this, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that our faith is worth keeping. Faith in God is worth keeping. It's worth investing in. It's worth going on that journey. And in our passage today, Peter says our faith is of greater worth than gold which perishes even though it's refined by fire. And it's this faith, it results in a new birth and a living hope. And I think that's something we can we can celebrate this morning. Peter says, we have a spiritual inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade because it's kept in heaven for us. And that because of this faith, we are shielded by God, his power, and that produces joy in us even in the midst of severe trials. James says, count it all joy when you go through spiritual trials or trials of, of many kinds. I've said this before, you know, I can't remember the last time I went through a really challenging time. I'm going, oh yes, it's such a good time. But when was the last time you did that? Like You went through a challenge, a financial challenge, a physical challenge, a health challenge, whatever. A challenge of just driving to work. And you go, oh, joy, I'm so happy I'm going through this. But there's something about this that we've got to catch a hold of. This is the whole thing that we're talking about in the keeping of our faith. And we need to understand that. I know that many of you have had your faith tested this year. The year has ended and it wasn't anything like you thought it was going to be. I'm just looking at some people. I know what you're going through. I know what's coming from this this year. there have been delays, difficulties and disasters. There's been sickness, suffering and shortages. There's been pain and powerlessness. Maybe, just maybe, some of us are finding that our faith is flagging and we're just only managing to keep our heads above water. We're tired and we need God to come through for us. So this morning I want to speak into this and I want to give us four ways that we can keep our faith this morning. Four ways that we can keep our faith. Number one, we keep our faith through knowing our faith. Is our faith well defined and we know why we believe what we believe? We must clearly understand what it means to be a Christian. I was watching the Matrix film just the other day. And something that Morpheus says to Neo in the middle of that, he says, many know the path, but few follow the path. Are we following the path that leads to life this morning? Not only must we know the Bible, that it, how it defines Christianity, but also we, we need to live our faith, not just know it. See, right believing leads to right living. When we, we believe right, we'll live right. The evangelist George Whitfield once said I asked a coal miner what he believed he says oh oh the miner answered well, that's easy i believe what my church believes and what does your church believe asked the evangelist well the church believes what i believe but what do you believe persisted the evangelist whitfield the miner thought for a moment and then he said well the church and me we believe the same thing <laughs> an elusive and cloudy faith is like building with sand. It's not going to last through the storm because we're going to give up and we're going to just fade away and our foundation is going to be eroded. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us for the reason that we have hope, that we do We've got to be ready. We've got to know why we believe what we believe. And if we want to secure our faith, we must know what it is that we believe. That's the first thing in being able to keep our faith. The second thing is that we keep our faith by feeding our faith. Faith, like life itself, will eventually die if it doesn't receive nourishment. What we feed will grow, what we starve dies. So we need some good, old-fashioned soul food. You ready for some soul food this morning? Some good old soul food. You ready for that? So here's some soul food. There's a couple about six things I thought were good soul food. We keep our faith by feeding on God's word. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We can't nibble and we can't be finicky about what we, we choose to feed on in God's word. Romans 10.17 says, So that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to develop an attitude of total trust in the Word of God. It is, it's God's Word. We can trust God's Word. You can trust God's Word. You can build your life on God's Word. It'll sustain you during the good times and the bad. It'll be able to give you a promise when you need it. It'll be able to give you hope when you have none. It'll give you strength when you, your, your, your strength is fading and you don't have the energy to get out of bed. It's God's love letter to us. Have you ever had a, a love letter before? I've had, I have, and you know, and here's what I I remember doing with the love letters that I've gotten from Jane. I read them carefully, I read them numerous times. I memorized parts of them, especially the bit that says, I forgive you. (laughs) There have been times when I haven't been perfect. I held on tightly to those 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 love letters that Jane wrote to me. I cherished them. I still got them today. What Jane's love letters to you? <laughs> there was a traveler and he was preparing for a long trip. A friend asked if he was all packed and he said, "Yep, just about. I've got my guidebook, a lamp, a mirror, a microscope, a volume of fine poetry, a package of old letters, a songbook, a sword, a hammer, and a set of books. <laughs> this guy said, the friend said, you can't get all that in one suitcase. He said, sure I can. It doesn't take much room at all. He then got picked up his Bible and put it in his suitcase and closed the lid on his suitcase. See, the word of God, the Bible, is one of the most faith-building things, faith-building soul foods that we can eat. Second one is we can feed our faith through our church family. Drawing upon the testimonies and the stories of other people that we can be encouraged by those things. And uh, we can live our lives with those other Christians. We can join a small group and do life with them. Now, small groups are so important for us to actually work out our discipleship. You can't do discipleship on a Sunday morning, but you can be disciples in a small group. And I encourage you this year maybe think about joining a small group. Think about leading a small group. Thinking about hosting a small group. How about serving in your with your church family alongside of each other doing something that's bigger than yourself. Being generous with who you are and what you have in the terms of your church family. See those are the things that we can feed our faith on. The third thing that we can fa- feed our faith on is is prayer. We can feed our faith through prayer. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I was talking with a young man uh, earlier this week uh, who popped in to say hello. This week he he, he told me that uh, he'd been praying for a friend for over two years. This friend was very, you know, not interested in church, really just went along because he had to go along. But he didn't want to be there. So this, this, this person I was talking to said, I've been praying for this guy for two years. Then suddenly this guy comes to church, starts worshipping God, starts to read his Bible, starts to get involved, starts serving in the life of his church. And this guy says, I don't know what's happened to me. I just want to be in church anymore. I, I want to be in church. I want to, to worship and stuff like that. He said, I don't know what's happened to me. Well, we do. Someone was praying for him. And it's, it's, it's encouraged this man's faith to know that God answers prayer. God answers prayer, church, and don't give up praying. Don't give up uh, like to just believing that God can do those things. Galatians 6.9 says, don't become weary in doing good. You know what? Praying is doing good. It may not do good in your situation, but it'll do good in your heart. You know, If you're praying for someone to forgive them, it might not change them, but it'll change you and it'll keep your heart sweet. That right there, that was a word that someone needed says, don't become weary in doing good, for at the, pr- the right time, the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Church, don't give up praying. Feed your faith by praying. Number, uh, number four is feed your faith through worship. Yeah. Allow praise and worship to come from your heart. Express yourself in song. Immerse yourself in the presence of God through worship. Let worship grip your soul and soften your heart. Let the words penetrate our hearts and lift our faith to believe again. Psalm 22 verse 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And if you want to lift your faith, you want to create an atmosphere where God can do something and your your life is starting to open up to what God wants to do in your life, start to praise. Start to worship God. That's why we start our services with praise and worship because it actually creates an atmosphere, creates an environment that God fills with his presence and anything can happen when God shows up. I'll I'll get warmed up in a minute. Having God fill the atmosphere when we praise praise will keep our faith. Number five, feed our faith by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Just get filled with the Holy Spirit. It it says in, in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through your life. Follow the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and see what God can do. When we start to be filled with the Holy Spirit, our lives overflow into the people around about us and things start to happen that we had no clue that were going to happen because God is flowing through us and He knows what the people around about us know that they need. And and God can get that stuff to them through us because we're filled with the Spirit of God. Number six, feed your faith by doing whatever it takes to feed your faith. <laughs> Do whatever it takes to feed your faith. Read stories of how God used people like Catherine Coleman, Evans in the Welsh Revival. Read the, 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 the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Let it get into your spirit about how these people who endured incredible persecution and hardships and stuff, but they still went through and did what God asked of them because they had faith. Do whatever it takes. Hang around people who are stepping out for God. If you're not hanging around with people who are stepping out for God, set set it like that, that culture. Start to model that for them. And if you're finding that your, your faith is, is, is you know, being challenged in areas, get around other people you know, and start to pray, start to worship, start to believe God, get filled with the Spirit of God and do whatever it need, you need to do to, to, to challenge and keep your faith. Do whatever it is that you need to do to feed your faith. <clears throat> Paul said, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, I'm pressing on to take a hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. See, we we know our faith and we can feed our faith to keep our faith, but we can also, we can keep our faith by sharing our faith. We can share our faith with the people around about us. You know, anyone who doesn't give their faith away will ultimately lose it. We have the truth that can set people free, free from Satan and the power of sin. Can we actually sit by and watch people die in their sin without hope and not give them the good news? It doesn't mean that we'll get everybody saved, but what it does mean at least we'll have sown a seed. A seed, a mustard seed. It may be the smallest thing that you say to that person. It might be the smallest thing that you do in a person's life. But the result of it is that something phenomenal grows and it changes other people's lives as a result. So just how does sharing our faith keep our faith? Well, here's, here's You know what? Well, this is what I understand about sharing our faith. See, a healthy fear of man makes us more dependent on God. Well, I don't know what they're going to say. We'll just depend on God. Just rely on God. Well, a lack of confidence in our ability to share the good news will actually drive us to our knees so that we depend on God for the answers. Problems and questions that might arise as we seek to share our faith with other people will actually cause us to seek out the truth from God's word so that we understand the answers for ourselves and can share them with other people. See, the experience of winning just one person to Christ will actually supercharge your faith. you want to supercharge your faith, just share the gospel. Share the gospel with someone this week. Share the go- make it a goal that this year you are going to use every opportunity that God affords you to share your faith with someone. Amen? Yes. The fourth one. We can keep our faith by guarding our faith. We need to guard our faith. I don't know if you know that, but we need to guard our faith as well. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 20 says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. See, we've been given faith and we need to guard that faith. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there is an enemy that is going to try and to to stop you and stall you and, uh, and just discourage you in your faith. So what exactly should we guard against then? Well, here's a couple of thoughts. Lethargy. Just you know, not given a rip anymore about people, about faith, about God. Guard against lethargy. Guard against too much emphasis on feelings or logic. Two ends of the, the, the pendulum. It's, it's all about how I feel in God. Oh, so, you know, oh, no, I, I don't think God would do that. Just guard against that. Just go with the flow, man. Just just relax. Take a chill pill. Guard against developing a bitter or negative attitude towards God or others. Keep our eyes on Jesus. He'll never let us down. Guard against despair. If we fail God, the best thing that we can do is repent and receive God's forgiveness and then get up and keep going, baby. Just, Just keep on like the old shell advert, keep on keeping on. Or the other shell advert, sock, what do we need a sock for? Guard against the attacks of the devil. James chapter 4 verses 7 to 8 says, Submit yourselves to God, get as close to him as you can, resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. Resist the devil. Can guard your faith, church. If you ever get a prophetic word, guard the prophetic word. Just, just guard stuff that's been given to us. Amen? As I wrap this up this morning, as the team come back. See, God wants us to succeed. He wants you to succeed. He's on our side. But we've got a responsibility to, to keep our faith as well, to encourage ourselves in God, to strengthen ourselves in God. We've got to be aware that there is an enemy out there that's trying to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. There's things that we can do to guard our faith, to help keep our faith. And maybe you've had one of the most horrendous years that you've ever had. There's stuff that happened in your life that should never happen. You've been through hardship, financial stress, you, you've changed jobs perhaps, and you're learning a new way of, of uh, how your employer works and operates. Maybe you're You've gone through a very difficult relational issue with either your spouse or someone in your family. Something's happened and you're just at a point and you thought, I just never thought this could happen to us. I'm a Christian. I didn't think this happened to Christians. Well, some, sometimes you just need a wake-up call because you know what? Uh, we live in the world, uh, but we're not of the world. Stuff that happens in the world affects us. okay? But you know what we've got is hope. We've got hope in God. And faith in God, and we need to keep our faith centered in God. Not faith in faith itself, but faith in God who can come through for us. Have faith in God this morning, church. Have faith in God. Keep your faith. Because I know that as we know what we believe, as we feed our faith, and as we maybe share our faith with others, and as we guard our faith, that we can keep our faith as a result. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning and I pray that in the midst of what I've said that something has stuck with people that needed to hear what they heard this morning. I thank you that right now that you encourage people in their faith, that you lift them up, that you speak to them in this moment and that you sustain them in this time. I pray that even in this coming year, knowing that we... We know what's happened today, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we entrust our tomorrow to you. Your your word says that there is grace enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, there'll be grace for that day. So, Father, we entrust our future to you. We're going to have faith that you're walking this journey with us. We're going to have faith that you're here right now. We're going to have faith that your word is true. We're going to feed ourselves in so many areas that we can. And I, I pray that... As we keep our faith, we will do whatever we need to do to feed our faith, to keep our faith, and to, to express our faith to those around us. I pray those things in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks, Luke. Thank you, Pastor